welcome to the Creepin' It Real Show. <laughs> well, after all, all of those shenanigans, after all of those shenanigans, but after all those shenanigans happen. Your one-stop shop for weird news, spooky, otherworldly, and paranormal shenanigans. After he returned home, Taylor, I heard about this, Taylor immediately murdered his wife by ripping out her eyes and tongue, then tearing off most of the skin from her face, finally strangling their pet poodle. Police found Taylor standing in the street naked and covered in blood, shouting, It is the blood of Satan. We'll take a dive into what's going on in creepy pop culture. Backing up a little kind of got to me. I don't know if y'all seen Cabin Fever. That one's so good. Yeah. yeah. And they they have all the rashes, you know, on their skin. And at some point, the guy goes and puts Listerine on his dick after he bangs a girl that has. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, put some Listerine on that. it. We'll be fine. Find the Creepin' It Real show on your favorite podcast playing app. See you on the flip side. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. We are back <laughs> in action. We took a little time off, and uh, here we are. How was everyone's week of rest and relaxation? Swell. Swell. I dreamt plenty yeah. of dreams. <gasps> I love Good. that. Mm-hmm. Anything spooky? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You guys, they've been very real. Mm. One that I really couldn't get over is I was in this house, right? And I couldn't find my, well, my ex-boyfriend, but I couldn't find him, right? I still talk to him. So, like, he's, (laughs) might as well just call him a boyfriend, you know? But (laughs) I couldn't find him, right, in the house. And then there were these guys, and I assumed they were friends, and they were trying to keep me away, like, from his room or something. I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And they finally told me, they're like, Emily, you got to let him be. Like, he tried to rip out his heart. What? I know. I said, what? Symbolism. I know. I called him right in the morning, and I was like, are you okay? Like. You good, fam? He was like, yeah. I didn't do that. And I was like, hey, good, because. Wow. That's crazy stuff. I don't know what that could mean. Pretty dark and twisted, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. A little bit twisted. I feel like my mind's got some unanswered questions or something with the relationship. <laughs> Absolutely. I think you're afraid of breaking his heart or, you know, he... I'm not going to psychoanalyze, but yeah. Well, yeah. Anybody <laughs> out there who wants to give me a call and be like, yo, girl, this is what it means. You need to dig into that. Mm-hmm. Let me know because mm-hmm. it was too real. Too real. Too I, uh, spooky. I spent some time in Salem last week. I actually took a week off from work. Um, it was like my little vacay. And I wasn't planning on going downtown, like to the epicenter of Salem, just because it's been so busy and packed. But mm-hmm. my friend Shelby uh, from Austin, she was in town visiting her friend Mike. Um, and we met up and it actually wasn't too busy at all. And it was a beautiful day. And we just ran around. Um, and then the next day, my friend Melanie also came to town and the same thing. It wasn't too bad. wasn't too packed. Um, so I don't know if I just Wednesdays and Thursdays, maybe it just wasn't super busy. Oh girl, you're um, giving out that felt, special secret. Blessed. Yeah. But it was nice. I was like, okay, I'm glad to have enjoyed my city during this time. Best time of year for that city. Uh, Truly. We wish we were there right now. We wish. Honestly. Uh, Our day will come. Our time will come. Mm -hmm. When it does, it'll be beautiful. (laughs) I had a pretty spooky week myself. You did. Yes, you did. Tell Um, us all about it. All right. So for the people who weren't watching closely on the gram, I was in New Orleans for the week. Also was there when there was hardly anybody there, which was really lovely. Um, it was very, it was, the city was really quiet, which was nice because I've never gotten to experience it like that. So that was a dream, but I went to the Myrtles Plantation and um, wow, what, what a spot. <laughs> so it definitely has, you know, 
a a dark a dark energy because you know it was a plantation so there were slaves working there there were people being mistreated and they have some some dark stories of things that happened on the property from um the big story is about Chloe who was um a slave who worked inside of the home because she had a relationship Ooh. with the man of the house. And one day she was listening in on a business conversation and they cut her ear off. Oh shit. So they van Gogh her. Yeah, dude. Crazy. Yes. So in, um, because of that, they sent her to work in like a miserable part of the plantation and she was like how am i going to get back into the house and her plan was to poison the children with a birthday cake with oleander and she was planning yeah so she was <laughs> planning you know to just slightly poison them nurse them back to health and the family would be so grateful that she had helped that she would be let back into the house well, that's not what happened. She overdosed them. The kids and the mother died. And she went and told her fellow slaves what she had done. And for fear of um, the homeowner retaliating against them, if they couldn't find Chloe, the slaves killed her. Dang. Yeah. So it's said that she still roams the home and she's said to be one of the most active spirits there. Um, and they told stories about how people have actually seen her. They've spoken to her and she still feels like that is her home. She's not leaving. But um, the first spooky thing that happened was when we were in the entryway of the home, which is where... The, they've got this famous mirror that we talked about in our Haunted Objects episode ages and ages ago. But this mirror, people will see um, reflections of people behind them or there are spots on the mirror that they've tried to clean over and over again and they keep coming back in the same exact spot. They look like faces, handprints, like someone's trying to get out of this mirror. But that mirror wasn't the spooky one to me. Oh. So there, um, our tour guide, as she was telling about the history of the home and the families who had lived there, there's another mirror behind her, um, co over off to the kind of right-hand side of her, closest to the front door of the home. And I kept seeing what looked like some sort of mist trying to materialize, like, in the reflection and it was really peculiar. And so I was thinking, like, maybe maybe there was something going on, you know, in the hallway where we were standing that I could actually see, but there was nothing there. I was just seeing it kind of materialize and vanish in this mirror in the reflection, and nothing ever came of it. It never turned into an actual figure or anything, but that mist just kept on keeping on. It was really bizarre. And then um, we went into the home's dining room, which I immediately felt a little bit uneasy in there. And as we're standing there, everyone's, you know, kind of finding their spot to stand in in the dining room. I felt two little tugs on my dress. And I was like, ah. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows that children ghosts are not my cup of tea, but I immediately was like, nope. that was a child. Like it felt very playful, still didn't like it. And then the tour guide goes on to tell us this is where the children like to play. Oh, and I'm like, geez. oh, cool. So confirmed. Thank you. She said they swing from the chandeliers. They knock silverware off the table. Yeah, but it's crazy. Yeah. They untie people's shoes all sorts of pranks. And then we went into um, the parlor room and it was actually basically divided up into two separate rooms. They had like pocket doors that they would close. But in the first half we went into was the ladies parlor and it 
I mean, instantly I felt nauseous. I felt dizzy. I just, Mm. I did not feel like myself. I didn't feel right. And um, she, our tour guide was telling us a little bit about what people experience in there. A lot of times they'll feel like a breeze rush by them, like someone is dancing. They'll hear footsteps like people are kind of dancing in there because it used to be the ballroom. But then she said, this room is where a lot of psychics and people with psychic abilities have the experience of feeling nauseous. They feel sick. A lot of times they have to run out of the room. We've had people get sick on the tour just by being in this room because it acts as a portal of sorts and there's just so much energy in here. Mm. Good Mm -hmm. Lord. Thing after thing that is just being confirmed by this tour guide. So it was a very interesting experience I'm glad I didn't stay the night there because I think that it would have been a bad time. (laughs) But um, I encourage everyone to go check it out and just see what they see, you know? Pick up on the vibes. Myrtle's Plantation is fantastic. The history is wild. Yeah, they... So many crazy stories. There was a murder there. I mean... Several murders, mm-hmm. several murders. One of the homeowners was murdered yeah. in the home. Gee, and crazy. people say that it's um, basically like a residual haunting mm-hmm. because he died coming up the stairs. So people will hear the footsteps huh. coming up the stairs and then they stop on the 17th step where he collapsed and died. Um, <gasps> or people have actually seen the whole thing happen, him getting shot, him running up the stairs. They've actually seen that moment like replay itself. So, yeah, pretty, pretty spooky spot. I remember being a kid and there was one of like the ghost adventures or something came on TV and I was like a kid, kid, like eight or something. And I remember listening to the stories and being like, shit pops off there. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And there you have it. Alyssa has firsthand experience that it gets crazy, y'all. So somebody go stay. I will not. Mm-hmm. I will not. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, there's so much history, yeah. so much tragedy. Yeah. And then Alyssa, I love that since you are starting to become more like aware of your sensitivity and like knowing how to navigate it, you're experiencing more. And I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm loving the journey, you know? It's true. Maybe you know? it, you're opening up more and more. Mm-hmm. Only time will tell what's next for little old me, but yeah, truly <laughs> little old me, little old me. Yeah, highly recommend. Ten out of ten would go back. Will not stay. I considered staying there, and then I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, nope. <laughs> I'll stay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say out of the three of us, I feel like Kylie would stay. Kylie is always I'll pushing stay. the boundaries, you know, and that's what we <laughs> love about her. But um, I mean, I'll stay. I just won't sleep. So you don't know what kind of kook head you're going to get in the morning. Kook head. <laughs> you know, I was going to say kook head and I was like, that's no good. <laughs> so it came out like that. Oh, man. But honestly, wow. I'd have to bring in a sleeper. You know what those are. Yeah. Uh, geez. Yeah. I I would not get any sleep if I stayed there. So right. it's for the best. But uh, yeah, we we have an exciting episode for you guys. We're keeping on this spooky train. But first off, some very exciting news. Emily is sore from all the tattoos that she I got. I am, y'all. All right. <laughs> okay. First off, y'all, we have... Four new patrons this week. Wild. People are really excited for that hangout on Friday. You still have a chance to get in. It's at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on Friday, October 23rd. So you can sign up before then to be a patron. But first off, we have Joshua. Joshua. Dude, thank you. We love Joshua. He's our pal from Pennsylvania. He's given us some stories before. He has a bunch of really cool 
tats on his head. And he's also an artist. I just recently found out. Oh, wow. He's, um, he's making some, he's selling some shirts and things soon, I think. Mm-hmm. But they're, he's great. Ta- very talented, very sweet. We love him. Well, Joshua, with that talent, you know where you are on my body. <gasps> right <laughs> on the outer part. What is that called? The outer part of your thigh, you know? <gasps> where Cardi B has her big tat. Oh, yeah. Like the outer what is that called? Well, that's where Joshua is. That's just his just name, just straight across. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought it was called. Is it vertical? Yeah, it's vertical. Ooh, nice, saucy, Sick. saucy. Mm-hmm. Joshua, we love yeah. you. Next up, we have Matthew. 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 Wow, man. Guess where you're at. What do you call this? He's right there. Ooh, the the, the inner the, the inner part of the foot. yeah the inner part yeah not the soul because it's not like an Andy situation. The arch yeah the, the arch, arch. The and it curves up like a rainbow <laughs> and it says Matthew. <gasps> That's gorgeous. It's really pretty, honestly. Honestly, I'm jealous. Very cute. Very cute. Yeah. Emily has cute feet. I would say. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. For all you foot fetishes. We don't have foot fetishes here, but if we did, we would give Emily money. Oh we my would. gosh. Call me all. I would. I mean it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next up, we have Kristen. 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 Yo, Kristen's on my chest, dude. <gasps> Duh. Whoa. Right in the crevice. In the crevasse? Yeah, you never saw it come in. Like the but sternum? It's there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. baby. Wow. Kristen, it's what a, little, a spot. It's what a little a surprise. It's a little surprise. I'm running out of body space. She is. Oh, Kristen, we love you, you precious yeah. angel. Yeah. And then lastly, we've got Aaron. Aaron, this Aaron! is a sick spot, Aaron. Right here within the arm, into the armpit. It goes down vertically. So when I'm doing my pull-ups... Mm. Ooh, yeah. I do them all there the time. I'm getting ripped. It's like, Aaron. They're like, look at that. What's that say? Aaron. Aaron, Aaron, Amazing. Aaron. Oh, wow. It's an honor and a privilege, y'all. Yeah. Thank you to our new patrons. We're so excited to have you. And uh, We love you, and we're excited to see you Friday. So I'm excited. So excited. We're going to share spooky stories, have a Q&A, and just get to know each other. That sounds so fun. It's a little costume Halloween party. Costumes aren't required, but encouraged. Might as well. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. We'll have some pets as well. Yes, the kids will make an appearance. And uh, with all that said, we're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa, Kylie, Emily, and it's time to get spooky. Ooh. Ooh! All right, guys. We're going extra spooky this week. We're talking about ghost towns, specifically the haunted ones. I know people hear ghost town and they think, aren't they all haunted, right? Not all of them. But these are. And uh, Mm -hmm. we're ready to tell you all about them. Yeah, we got some sick stories to tell you guys. So buckle up. So buckle the frick up. (laughs) While we're on the topic, I'm going to just say I'm going for it. Okay? Okay. Okay. This is Goldfield, and it is in Apache Junction, Arizona. So when I went to Phoenix back in August, I was really hoping to get to go to Goldfield. I didn't get to. So today I decided I was going to do a little more research on it and get myself even more excited for the next time I return to phoenix and uh i'm going here okay amazing mark my words and i'll i'll go live when i go there how about that perfect yes so the town was founded back in 1893 after being inundated by miners hoping to get a taste of the gold that was struck in the nearby mountains nice and i can't blame them i love gold i love gold do you think we love gold because she of aliens? It. I don't know. I think we do. All ask right. me about it later. Okay, I'll ask you about it later. 
Uh, <laughs> I love this stuff, though. So this little town, it grew real fast. They gained 1,500 residents during their first year, which, you know, back in the 1890s, that's a decent-sized town. Mm-hmm. They were quick to put up buildings and businesses. They had stores. They had a blacksmith, a butcher, a brewery, three saloons, three counties. Uh, However, after just five short years, the gold dried up, was all picked over, and people vacated fast, and it became a ghost town. As you could imagine. But not all were quick to give up hope. Some people, they stuck around and the lure of mysterious legends actually drew other people there in hopes of still finding gold. Because there's this spot called the Superstition Mountains, right? And Mm. they are at the forefront of the myths that surround gold fields. And people are still going there today hoping to find some treasure because inside of the mountain is this place called Dutchman's Gold Mine. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but that's just a little teaser of what's happening. People still want the gold. Mm -hmm. All right. So as I mentioned, they weren't able to sustain the town because... You know, the money dried up, the gold dried up, people got the fuck out of there. Middle of the desert, no one was there upkeeping it, started deteriorating until the 80s. Someone came along and purchased the town and they lovingly rebuilt it to make it look and feel like it did back in the day. They say it is an authentic representation of the community that was once there. So today... You and I, and anyone who'd like, you can actually go visit the town for free 99 For free. Zero dollars to get into this place. Pretty sick, if you ask me. They have snacks and tours that'll cost you a little bit of money, but you don't have to do all that. You can just go uh, take a peek at all the buildings. Today, it attracts tourists from around the world, not all of whom are from this realm. So there's tons of documentation and investigations that have been done, including a visit from Ghost Adventures. And they confirm that this is a paranormal hub, a paranormal hotspot, if you will. So for starters, there's this mysterious figure that is said to lurk in the shadows of the ghost town's bordello. Yes. <laughs> so it's unclear who this person was in life, but it's believed that he was probably a miner, uh, not a young person, but a person who mined gold. And uh, he lived oh. in <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want anyone to think he was underage. I, I want everyone like, to know. What? Can a miner not be? He could have been been a miner and a miner. I get it. But barely legal. The the gold's kind of minor. So they think he probably lived there and he's just lurking, spooking people. There have also been unexplainable knocks and banging sounds that are heard inside the building, and some unfortunate guests have been freaking scratched. By an unseen force. Mm -mm. The bangs and the scratching are usually attributed to a dark figure who is seen wearing a cowboy hat. It's hot, you know? We like that. So, you might see him. You might get a a new man's. I just (laughs) noticed Holly watching us from the shack. Is she? Dude, she scared me. This is spooky. This is what she does. Oh my god! I just got spooked thinking about a dark figure in a cowboy hat, and then I looked down Emily's hallway (laughs) and I saw Holly, the kitty cat. Just yeah, she (laughs) plays games out here, trying to freak us out. 
We're already telling scary stories. She got me. So the bordello, though, it has another spirit. Uh, staff believe it to be Karen, who was a co-worker of theirs, who passed away within the last few years. And they think she returned to keep an eye on the place. She loved her work. She loved being there. So she's just there, you know, keeping an eye on things, making sure that everyone's respecting the space and loving it like she did. And I respect that. That's I nice. like what she's up to. All right. So now for those Superstition Mountains that I told you all about. That is their name, Superstition Mountains. And they are shrouded in mystery and are at the center of many tales about Goldfield. So they were named after the Pima Indians who told European settlers of their fear of the mountains. So the Native Americans, I mean, honestly, Native Americans were pretty fucking fearless. They were out there. They had all these spooky-ass stories. But these mountains, they were like, this shit ain't right. And so if they say something is not right, I believe them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they said that the mountains carried secrets, including the lost Dutchman's gold mine. So it's said that a curse has kept the treasure inside of this gold mine safe since the mining boom because no one's ever been able to get to it. Many have set out to find this gold and they come back either um, empty-handed or they don't come back at all. It's said that those who get too close to the treasure tend to die. Um, Yep. Countless folks have perished in the Arizona heat. They're just trying to stack their coins and it's said that their ghosts are haunting Good yeah. Lord. Haunting okay. the mountainside, still in search yeah. of the gold. I don't blame them. But do we think it, that it's a curse or do we think they're just dying of heat stroke? It's really hard to say. My bet is on heat stroke, but, um, you know. Uh, the Native Americans also believe the mountain to be a place where evil spirits were hiding. And they told stories of a devil that lived beside the mountain. Uh-uh. Yes. There's also a rumored apparition of an abnormally tall skeleton named the Borrego Phantom, and he appears to those exploring the mountain after dark. And I just pictured the 12-foot Home Depot skeleton. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. And I like him. They got him for sale right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want one. They've been sold out. Two ninety nine. Uh, find him online, man. Every time I've looked, he's sold out. Oh, damn. Has anyone been able to acquire the 12-foot skeleton? Let me know. When we were in New Orleans, <laughs> this little tiny house had a 12-foot skeleton. It looked so out of place because the skeleton was taking up the whole yard. But we were driving by, and there was a little dog in the street. And we stopped, and we saved the dog. And we got the dog back to his owner. But the owner was like talking to us for a second and he was like make sure you look at the skeleton uh, <laughs> we were like oh how could we miss the skeleton but maybe that was his house it was not his skeleton uh, I know that he was just proud he was just very proud of their name <laughs> skeleton he said make sure you look at the skeleton I said like, okay oh anyway. there's one in Salem down the street that I visit oh, see I've seen a couple and I'm jealous of all of them but yeah the 12-foot Home Depot skeleton is out here at this mountain, freaking people out. Uh, there's another layer of creepiness to the local legend because it's said that there are reptile people. What is that? Who come walk around after dark. I don't know. Reptilian <laughs> people. I say to that, no fucking thank you. I just want to know what that looks like. I don't know. I don't want to know. Kind of reptilian like. <laughs> <laughs> is it a person Green, with a scaly, oh, okay. like a reptile? Yeah, you but know. is it like on all fours? Like am I That's seeing aller- alligator movement? Is it just a person? I think it's it's still like a person. Oh. A person they who have has red scales. eyes. Okay. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I think they I should mean, get down in the, and um, move like alligators. That would scare me even more. They live in the White House, so you can just <laughs> look up online. Oh, okay. Like. 
Yeah. That gives me a good picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But all these creepy mysteries are summed up pretty well in Superstition Mountain's name. But the Apache Indians coined a nickname that may be even more fitting. They call it the Devil's Playground. That's no good. So Mm. now I found one spooky story from someone on TripAdvisor named Wayan. And he said, Wayan, like the Wayans brothers. Gotcha. But anyway. Is that how you say their name? Wayans? Is that, is that it? Is that Wayne? Is that Wayne? Is that Wayne? No, his it's spelled W A Y A N. W A Y A. Now we know. Okay. Anyway, I could be wrong. <laughs> it could be wrong. His name could be Wayne, but it's spelled differently. So anyway, they said of of the the town because people on TripAdvisor really like, is it really haunted? Wayne says. I've been in the saloon two times, and on both occasions, I did hear the mournful wailing of a lady's voice calling my name. How did she know my name? On my second visit, I also witnessed a ghost-like shape of a woman float by behind the bar. Eerie. Being a teetotaler, sipping a 7-Up, I was completely taken aback by this apparition. Days later, after discussing the two experiences I had at the saloon... I was told by a local in an antique shop in Apache Junction that my experience was not uncommon and that this woman had been known to spike the non-alcoholic drinks with a concoction that allows only them to witness her presence. What? She's spiking people's drinks out here? Apparently there is a ghost spiking drinks. She is toxic as fuck. Oh my god. So all I'm saying is it's haunted by the Home Depot skeleton and this bad lady who's apparently spiking drinks. So watch out, you know. (laughs) For real. Watch out. That's danger zone. I don't like that. It is danger zone. Uh, Freaking Goldfield Ghost Town, y'all. Check her out. Oh, good to know, man. Yeah. Well, uh, I got one that's, like, pretty close to yours, so I feel like I might as well throw it out there and give it a go. Throw it. Right? Give it to us. All right. This one, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I called somebody from California earlier and said it to them, and they didn't correct me, so that's when I was like, I got it. Calico, California. (laughs) Exactly. Like a Calico That's it. That's That's it. it. Calico, California, y'all. It's a ghost town. And it's been spooking people for years. I love that. I'm about to tell you about it. Calico. It's three miles north of Interstate 15 between Barstow and Yermo. I also gave Yermo to the Californian and they didn't correct me on that one. So I think it's a go. Hmm. But between the two, you know, I know where Barstow is. So like I got a, I got a general idea of where this place is. And it's a ghost town, y'all. There's nothing out there. Nothing. Right? No. But it all began in 1875 (laughs) when there was prospects of this silver on the south slope of Calico Mountain. Mm. And they were like, oh, yo, like silver is dope as gold. Why don't we go do it? Let's go mine. So they hiked their little butts up to Calico and they went mining for silver and that and they killed it y'all it was it was only 5 years and there was discoveries worth of 400 to 500 dollars per ton bought out of this small town of silver damn yeah in the spring of 1881 came the discovery of the silver king <laughs> calico's oh yeah rich, richest mine and less than a year later, guys, this new settlement, it was like your town, Alyssa. It just popped off. All this silver was found. Popping. And they just got rich mm-hmm. and rich and rich. They built a whole town off of this, off of this silver. Like all these little these little places popped up, a general store, a post office. That's what they did. A salon, yeah. Yeah. a theater. Insane. 
So yeah. Um, in 1883, many of the local miners left Calico when Borax was discovered. You guys know what Borax is? Because I don't. Borax? Yeah. Isn't that the, what people use as, like, soap? <laughs> is that? <laughs> Am I wrong? Silence. Every week, there's something that I don't know, but I think it's something like that. Well, it's some it's some type of chemical. Yeah, it's a chemical of the sorts. Earth. Well, it was something that they a were natural. like, "There's value here, right?" And yeah. they were like, yeah. "Let's go that way." And then there was some fires, but the real kicker, you guys, was that <laughs> the silver, the price of silver really fell through the roof, you know? Oh. Yeah, dude. It went from a dollar thirty one an ounce to sixty three cents and homies weren't having it. They were like, uh, I'm not sitting out here in the San Bernardino heat mm-hmm. mining for something that just almost cut in half. You know? True. So they bounced on out. Right now the opposite's happening. Is it? Who's Sorry for interrupting. No, is silver booming um, right now? Nicole, you know, she's a she's a jeweler. She said the cost of almost everything is rising, but especially silver right now. Damn. You guys, that's amazing. Let's get to Calico. I can confirm that borax <laughs> is used as a detergent booster and as detergent. a household cleaner. It's a combination of boron, sodium, and oxygen. So Dude, I was, you, you, you are so smart. I was that right. knowledge I was right. We were all right. It's amazing. You guys should go on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I heard they're revamping the show. <gasps> okay. Your wealth of knowledge could get us a lot Every of Every single listener is like, I know what Borax is. So- <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting here on it like, no, nope, I'm not us. even going to look it up. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> see what sticks you know throw the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks girl every time you know speaking of spaghetti sorry to get off track but one time i found like a, a spaghetti from a year that i had thrown up onto the ceiling and never got down until it was time to move and i was like oh shoot you see that on the wall there she is that's a dried noodle <laughs> <laughs> Back to Calico, am I right? So price fell through the roof. Silver went down. The people were like, I'm up out of this town. All right? So they, they, they left. By 1907, the town was officially a ghost town. Around 1917, a cyanide plant was built in Calico, and it recovered some values from the Silver King, Silver King mine. However, by 1935, the town was entirely abandoned again and left to Mother Nature's elements. But by okay. 1950, y'all, Knott's Berry Farm, yep. y'all know? Yep, we Knott's know Berry her. Farm, and Buena Park bought the town site and began its rest- restorations. Owner Walter Knott spent a lot of time in Calico as a boy, and his uncle Mm. actually lived there for some time. So he was like, this is my space. I need to make it live again, you know? It was said Mm -hmm. that that, uh, Mr. Knott even helped build a silver mill in Calico at the time of World War I. Which, like, whoa, homeboy's got history with the space. Interesting. So he needed it restored, and he that's what he did. He even built attractions on this land, you guys, like a little short railroad people can take through the town. Calica and Odessa Railroad, which loops through steeps and canyons past old mines and buildings of North Calico. I think it's romantic and dreamy, and I love it. You know? Mm-hmm, the original mm-hmm. town site, like I said, has been mostly restored and rebuilt. One third of the town is original and the remaining newer buildings were carefully reconstructed to recreate the spirit of Calico's Old West past. So it's a tight space, y'all. It's cool. 
and they made it look like the good old days. So no wonder the spirits came to stay. Oh, yeah. They were like, this looks like my home. So I know where I'm at. I'm not going anywhere. Can't blame them. So there's quite a few. But let me tell you about like one of the most famous ones that I think is, I think she's pretty cool because there's pictures of her eating Google on the internet. Oh, damn. And so if you go to Calico, you just might see her and you can put the face to it and be like, yo, that's Lucy Lane. Lucy. Mm -hmm. Lucy Lane, man. Lucy Lane with her husband owned the general store in town. She's one of the most often cited spirits of the town. She spent nearly 70 years of her life in Calico, you guys. Wow. You're thinking, how's that so? It became a ghost town, right? Because <laughs> I was seeing the same thing. I was like, what, girl? But when Lucy was 10 years old, she moved with her parents and two brothers to nearby Bismarck, which overlooked the town of Calico. So to get to school, Lucy had to slide down the steep slope in the morning and make her long hike up the hill. And that's where she would enter Calico, right? She later, when she was 18, she ended up marrying John Lane and the two opened the general store in Calico. It provided all sorts of goods to the town. It was a great spot. But of course, once 1899 happened, silver went down. They had to take off because nobody was in town anymore to sell to. So they they jumped ship with all the others. But somehow in 1916, they were like, we still own the general store. So let's go back to town and live in it. And they did. And they lived in the general store, but they also decided to bounce around the town. They lived in the old courthouse, too. And then they also hmm. lived in the old post office building. This town, this this town was like their little dollhouse, and I love it. You know, they like decided where to. They just moved to each place. It was beautiful. So her husband John ended up dying in 1934, but Lucy lived a long life. You guys, she didn't die till 1967 at until the age of 93, and she sticks around to this day. She loves though, her home. Yeah. Though the last place they lived be, has become a museum, in their honor, she still inhabits the building. It's said that she is seen on the porch in the rocking chair. Just mm-hmm. rocking away, mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes she's seen walking between the old general store and her home. How crazy is that? And, okay, also this place is known to have, like, people dress up and, you know, because they restored it, right? So Uh it looks like the old town, and you know, and so they have people come in costume and recreate scenes for you to give the guests some amusement. So something like this, Mm -hmm. seeing a lady dressed in 1800 garb, you know, garments would not be that crazy because – there's a lot of people out there walking around like that. But if you know what Lucy looks like, you'll be like, oh, shoot. That ain't some normal actress. That's Lucy Lane. <laughs> if Lucy's a rockin', don't come a knockin'. All right. She's usually wearing mm-hmm. a long black dress, and it has some, like, lace on it. So look out for that. You see her. Say what up, Lucy. I see you, and I respect you. That's all she needs, a little that's respect. It. That's it. The other spot in town that's pretty haunted, y'all, is the schoolhouse. Mm-hmm. Alyssa won't like this because there's children running rampant there, dude. Oof. And guess where you can see them sometimes? Tell us. In the windows. I was going to guess the windows, but that's because yeah. I've heard this story before. Yeah, some, there's uh, there's this 11 or 12-year-old girl who's Ooh. often seen smiling through the window. No, she better not. Close your mouth and go sit down, girl. Dude, I'm telling you what. <laughs> these smi- people be smiling? cheesing for no reason? I'm no. like, that is crazy. No. Yeah. Put your teeth back in your mouth and 
Sit your ass down. That's what I'm saying. And they got school teachers in there with them, apparently. Good Lord. Yeah. Some of them can be seen uh, from outside the windows, too. And they're not controlling their kids inside because if you walk in, sometimes you might get pinched at the ankle or on your leg. Ouch. Yeah. There's also reports of a floating red light in the vicinity of the school. So what's that? A really mm-hmm. cool story, two British tourists, you guys, went to uh, Calico, were in the schoolhouse touring, and they they said this lady came up to them and were like, and just was chit-chatting, you know, shooting the shit, and was like, yeah, I, uh, I was the last school teacher here in Calico, and these British people were like, oh, interesting. You know, that's very cool. All right, then. <laughs> you know, and then they left and they find out later there was no actress in the <gasps> schoolhouse that day. Oh, my God. Shopping. Yeah, dude. They even Shit took pictures trousers. with her when those pics were developed. School teacher no was one. gone. Oh, my God. Who was that? Who was oh that? Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Apparently, Margaret Oliver was the last school teacher at Calico. So was it Margaret? Had to be. Maybe. Some other spooky places in town is Maggie Mine, which produced some of 13 million in silver, y'all. Damn. But but it's supposedly haunted by some old miners. You might be able to uh, find the Macaulay brothers in there. Mining away. Okay. Yeah. Some cold spots. People uh, say one's hairs stand up on your on your body in various places in the mine. Ooh. What's that? Magnetic energy? I don't know. No one knows. No one knows. Near Maggie's mine is Hank's Hotel, which belonged to an angry old cowboy who punched a man <laughs> in the leg who was standing on his fence. I know. that hurts though if you get in the right spot straight in the leg inappropriate (laughs) but more commonly there's been reports of people uh feeling like they're getting tugged at the wrists or the hands and um some people get tugged on their clothing in the old hotel they they commonly mm-hmm. think this is the angry cowboy, but it might be a, a child who's also seen roaming the boardwalk close to the hotel. So you tell me, I don't know. Another crazy guy is Tumbleweed Harris. I love him. Yeah. What do you What do you know about Tumbleweed? <laughs> I just like his name. Oh, okay. He was like the marshal in town, you know, back in oh. the day. So, like, he kept everything nice and peaceful. So he's just walking about, and people sometimes catch him. And if and if you do see him, I suggest going over to his grave, which is on site, and just paying your respects for keeping keeping the peace. I'll you give know? him a wink. Because he probably keeps the angry cowboy under control, honestly. If he's just punching legs... <laughs> he's like quit that leg punching right and then he stops he just stops punching legs exactly but guys there's so many spooky spots in this town so i'm gonna skip ahead because i know we don't have time for all of them but one that i know is gonna be my gal's favorite haunt is dorsey the mail carrying dog oh yes come on there's a ghost dog in town. I love him. We love him. In 1883, Postmaster Jim Stacy found this little pup. Uh, he was a hungry little man who just wanted to be adopted, and Jim adopted him. And God soon found him. out the dog had a thing for mail. <laughs> <laughs> that was his kink. I love mail. And he too. also loved the mines. So one day Jim was like, hmm, I gotta send my minor friend a letter. Why don't I send Dorsey up with my mail? See if it works out. Mm-hmm. It did. Dorsey came straight back to Jim with a response from his homeboy up in the mine, and that's when it all started. Dorsey the mail carrying dog. We love Dorsey. Yep. But Dorsey's still around. 
one can see him walking through town. There's like little shadows of Dorsey. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he, uh, he's, he's around town. You, oh, Kenny Rogers made a song about Dorsey, you guys. Damn. Which is crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, he's just got a shadow-like apparition that runs around town. So you could probably see him. Say what's up. Calico. What doesn't this town have? It has a lot. Actually has way more than I told you, but I had to keep it pretty pretty short. She had to give us the condensed Keep your version secrets. so we're not here all year. Yeah. It's not um, open it. for its ghost tours right now because of COVID-19. But mm-hmm. um, someday it will reopen. Someday. I respect and that. People can come visit. Oh, I'm going one day. I'd love to. I think it sounds great. <laughs> and I mean, my man, Knott's Berry Farm, like, he restored it for us. That's a must. It's a must. Yeah. And currently, it's not Scary Farm for Halloween. Right. No. So. Sad. The more you know. I can end it with a, a short and sweet one. Oh. Not too short, though. And not too sweet. Oh. oh. <laughs> she tricked she got um, <laughs> We're going to go to St. Elmo in Colorado, another ghost town that used to be a mining town. Wow. Are all ghost towns mining towns? Are all mining towns ghost towns? I guess That's the well, question of the night. It kind of makes sense, <laughs> right? Because a lot of those towns were built just super quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then once it was done, it was done. They moved on. Yeah. And they really only had one mode of, I mean, I guess you could say income. And that was the, mm-hmm. the gold and the silver. So. What are you going to do when there's no demand, you know? Yep. You're going to leave. Yep. You know? You know. So, Don't you know. St. Elmo. <laughs> Don't you know. St. Elmo, he's nestled comfortably in the Sawatch Range, about 20 miles from Buena Vista. And it sits high up on a mountain, about almost 10,000 feet above sea level. It was once called Forest City, until they realized that there were already too many cities named Forest. No. Oh. <laughs> so someone was like, you know what, St. Elmo, the saint of the sea. Well, not the sea, but of um, Sesame Street. the saint of like sailors. <laughs> Sesame Street. He's the saint of Sesame Street, uh, sailors, and then like abdominal pain. Because that's how he died. So I am unsure why or who named Maybe after St. Elmo's fire. (laughs) Regardless, we're moving forward. They named it St. Elmo. And it was the hotspot for miners. So about 2,000 people settled in St. Elmo when mining for gold and silver started within a span of like 10 years. So that's crazy. Especially during that time when like transportation wasn't exactly easy. You know, they didn't have, you know, U-Haul and planes. They just had... Their wagons and their feet. That's it. I guess a horse or two. But by the 1890s, St. Elmo was popping. So we've heard this earlier today. Because of the influx of cash money, they were able to build a town hall, a schoolhouse, five hotels, a telegraph office, (laughs) a general store, of course, which is typical of the quintessential ghost towns we see today when we picture it a saloon or multiple saloons dancing halls and a newspaper office much of what we know about the town is because of uh, the town's first and longest running newspaper the saint elmo mountaineer very cute name uh, that was reported on the town's mining activities from 1880 until 1895 so a lot of what we know is thanks to the fabulous journalism of St. Elmo. We gotta sh- we gotta do it we gotta do a shout out, you know? We gotta do a shout out. Five hotels seems excessive. I was going to say they right? like really yeah. went for it. They're like, they're all gonna come. Yeah. They're gonna love this place. Yeah. I mean it's a great it's a good business venture, you know. <laughs> but hey. According to Mark Evans via 
narrowgauge.org, the majority of the people who lived in St. Elmo worked at the Mary Murphy, Teresa C., the Molly, or the Pioneer Mines. So I don't really know how, like, what what is the mine nomenclature here? Like, who was naming these mines? It kind of sounds like there's a bit of a Catholic influence here. They're just naming them after naming them after oh, the, pretty woman. Yo, know? the one in Calico was Silver King, the Silver uh, King. Right? <laughs> That's my favorite so far. I mean, I get it. That's I mean, we are creative with our with our AIM screen names, our Instagram handles. Like maybe this was their version back then. Wait, what was y'all's screen names? On AIM? Yeah. Um, I, had a few I changed mine all the time. What was it, though? The first one. Kylie Soros Rex. Oh, God. I couldn't tell you the first one, but the one that I loved the most was Crumpled Tragedy. Oh! Oh, my God. Very goth. So you would have spoken to Kylie Soros Rex. <laughs> Absolutely. It sounds. Yeah. You guys would have not spoken to Catwalk. <laughs> we would we would we would have been emo about it but so funny. i'm just gonna call this saint emo now instead of saint elmo but where were we all right so the majority of the people worked at these mines saint Hello? elmo went through a massive gold oh, rush no. when it reached its height of population of 2,000 residents in only 10 days oh my god earlier i said 10 years no 10 days in 10 days 2,000 people <laughs> moved in because they heard that people were striking gold. Damn. People were getting rich. <laughs> so the Mary Murphy mine was the largest and the most successful mine in the area. And Miss Mary Murphy and her mine recovered over $60 million worth of gold while it was in operation. That is a crazy amount of money, especially during the late 1800s. Like, are you kidding me? No wonder... 2,000 people went to St. Elmo's within 10 freaking days. People were living. The town living. was prospering. St. Elmo was goals sweaty. Am I right? I'm right. While the other mines, such as Teresa and Molly, eventually shut down, the Mary Murphy mine continued to operate until the mining industry started to decline, as we talked about earlier in the episode, you know, around the early 1920s. And then in 1922, the railroad within St. Elmo's discontinued service. Uh, Rumor has it that St. Elmo's population, the remainder of them, rode the last train out of town and never came back. One way ticket. St. Elmo is now St. Elmo is now privately owned, uh, and they do have you know a few townspeople who stay seasonally, usually during the summer, and a, a few people that live all year round. Um, aside from the ghosts, of course, who also live there all year round. Uh, Shauna McCown McKen wrote a lovely piece on her visit to St. Elmo and of the most famous ghost named Annabelle or Dirty Annie Stark. <laughs> okay. Dirty Annie. So Annabelle was the daughter of Anton and Anna Stark, who arrived in St. Elmo through the Pacific Railroad in 1881. So right as it was about to boom, right as it was, you know, it was was about to get big. Anton Stark, he was a prominent businessman and he was previously a rancher and he, they came to St. Elmo and he was like, this is it. I can tell we're staying here. So that's what he did. They moved to St. Elmo. He launched a new career as a section boss for a local mine. His wife, Anna, ran the family-owned businesses, which included Stark Row Mercantile Company and the Home Comfort Hotel. So a hotel and a general store. The couple had three children. And according to historical accounts, I don't know if the, I doubt this was in like newspapers. So they must have been some other primary sources like journals or something. But Anna was a big B Och. She was super mean <laughs> and she was very harsh and controlling of her children. And everyone knew it. She wouldn't allow her children to run around with the townsfolk. She thought that they were like, they were like peasants and her family was above them. They were, she was an elitist, it seemed, a classist. Ew. But Annabelle, this young girl, you know, she wanted friends. She wanted to, she saw what was going on in the town. She wanted to run around. She wanted to play. 
So she I want to be where the people a bit. are. Exactly, exactly. So she did her best to basically disobey her mother as much as she could. Uh, and this included uh, <laughs> not really keeping up appearances and running around town super messy and dirty. And that's how she gained the nickname Dirty Annie. She would just be running around in filthy clothing. Her hair would be in a tangled mess. Basically saying to her mom, you know what? I don't want to be this this prim and proper bitch like you. Like, I want to run around with the normies. You know, we love it. We stand. We do. So, we do. She kind of sounds like Pollyanna. Oh, I right? Love that Didn't Pollyanna like to get crazy? Yeah. She did. She broke that leg. Yeah, she... <laughs> uh, so, Annabelle at this point, she was like, you know what? You don't want me to have this town, I'm going to make this town mine. So as she grew up, her mom, Anna, fell ill, and Annabelle chose to stay and take over the hotel, and this was set in stone once her mother passed. Sadly, Annabelle lacked her mother's managerial skills, and the hotel fell into disrepair. Um, Annabelle was also rumored to have struggled with mental illness, which is sad, Mm. Um, but this only kind of furthered rumors and kind of exemplified her dirty Annie persona because she was kind of just a hot mess running around. Uh, Residents remember her strolling the main streets with her shotgun loaded and hung over one shoulder, ready to protect the town from anyone who dared to threaten it. Um, Real vigilante. She means well. Yeah, she's like, she's this good character, but she's also just a mess and clearly traumatized by her mother. (laughs) So that's basically how she lived the rest of her life. She, you know, she was kind of a hot mess, but this town was her. St. Elmo's, that was her heart and that was her soul. She, you know, eventually passed and a couple took over the hotel that was still in Annabelle's name. And this family, this couple, uh, they had grandchildren. And these grandchildren were playing inside of the hotel one day, as kids do, when suddenly the doors on both sides slammed shut and the temperature dropped to 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So I'm guessing the children were either really good at gauging temperatures <laughs> or they carried around thermometers. I don't know. Oh my God. You know, that could be a hyperbole, but 20 degrees. All right. That's cold. Mm-hmm. I believe it. So the children are in there. The doors are slammed shut. It's probably dark i'm just you know it may not be dark but let's let's pretend it's dark to make it spookier (laughs) and the doors slam shut so they're in there freezing crying and screaming and then finally the room returned the outside temperature and the doors released and they slowly swung open what and this this is written all over like this story whether it's you know, uh, a tale, folklore, or if it's truth, the story is is like the ghost story of Salem's. So clearly Annabelle was kind of pissed. She was like, no plane in my hotel, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know what the kids were doing, but Annabelle mm-hmm. didn't like it. And it said to this day, you can sometimes spot Annie roaming the streets, or you can hear a scuffling in front of the hotel or the general store. One of the older grandchildren from the story I just told, once she was in her 20s, she decided to make the hotel like a project. And she began to clean it up and she wanted to make it nice again and have it running. So she had a group of friends over and they, you know, were washing down the walls and making little repairs and, you know, scrubbing the floors, dusting, whatnot. And they would put away their tools, their mop buckets and their brooms in a certain spot. And they would come back the next day only to find them in the center of the room. So when this first happened, they were like, oh, you know, we must have just forgotten to put the items away. But it continued. And so they're like, okay, this is weird. We're going to put the tools and the mops in a closet and we're going to padlock this door closed. And they would come back in the morning and the items would be out of the closet. So they started to believe that someone... Probably, probably Annie or Annabelle, the mean mom, was fucking with them. Yeah. French. Uh, and it could have been because, you know, it wasn't as clean 
as she once had it. Who knows? Who knows? Wow. One other spooky ghost story that the people know of when you tell them about St. Elmo. There was a woman skiing down uh, the town's main street uh, around, you know, twilight. And she suddenly saw a beautiful woman in a long white dress. She And she was staring out of a second story window of the hotel that was once owned by Annabelle Stark. So familiar with the town, the skier was like, what the hell? <laughs> because she had, she knew the current owner and she knew that the owner was not uh, in town at the time. She was on vacation and everything was locked up. And so there shouldn't have been anyone inside, especially someone like in their nightgown or like a gown. <laughs> so as she turned to see what the woman was, was looking at, because she was peering out of the window, she noticed some snowmobiles coming down the way. And snowmobiling is illegal in St. Elmo. So the skier went over and she's like, hey, just let you know, you can't, you can't do this here. And they, they snowmobiled (laughs) off. And when the skier, the woman looked back at the hotel, uh, the woman in the window lowered her head as if to say thank you. And then she turned and disappeared. Yo, what? A woman was just checking out all the action on the street. She's like, we got a skier out here. We got snowmobiles. <laughs> <laughs> they got it all. Right in the middle of town square. That's crazy. Right? I'd love to ski yeah, in a town. So, yeah, right? You're just bopping through. <laughs> so I don't know if that was, you know, Dirty Annie or maybe it was Annabelle. It, I mean, Annabelle's kind of a narc and she doesn't want people to have fun. So I'm kind of guessing it was her. But <laughs> either way, you can visit St. Elmo's any time of the year. Um a lot of the buildings have been, you know, restored and you, you can go into the general store. Um, I'm not sure what the COVID rules are right now, but if you're if you're near St. Elmo or Buena Vista, make a trip because this place, this place is good. This place is, <laughs> this place is good. good. I loved that. <laughs> but did you hear my Gold. next line? Yeah, yeah. that was classic. Yeah. You really tied us up okay. there, didn't you? My place was Thank silver, y'all. but it's okay. <laughs> Damn, y'all. Ghost towns are spooky, okay? We learned that, we learned that tonight. We did. Well. This was a long boy. It was a long boy, which means it's it's time for us to hit the old dusty trail. But uh, thanks for... <laughs> Uh, thanks for hanging out with us uh, for <laughs> and uh, until next time stay spooky Ooh. Ooh. this town ain't big enough for two of us <laughs>